Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. There we go. Welcome, listeners, to Art Fair Radio. This is Connie Mettler of ArtFairInsiders.com, a social networking site for artists, and I'm publisher of ArtFairCalendar.com, the place to find the nation's best art fairs. I want to get right into this because we have a great show today. The name of it is 10 Reasons You Didn't Get In. This show is specially for artists. Winter is the busy application season for artists who hope to participate in the summer and fall art fairs. There are three secrets to succeeding in the art fair business. Number one, you have to get into the show. Number two, you have to have something people will want to buy when you get there. Number three, you just keep trying. So today... We're going to talk about number one, getting into the shows, and we have three experienced show directors who are going to share their insider information and why you didn't get into the show. These are not secrets, but I hope you're listening really well. Um, we have, First of all, we have Cindy Larrick, who is Executive Director of the St. Louis Art Fair. This show, the St. Louis Art Fair, may have the highest per capita income per artist in the nation, and as a result... Many applications. Hello, Cindy. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Cindy, how long have you been in the art fair business? Oh, my God. Since 1996. Uh, That's a long time. (laughs) And you've been involved with several different events, haven't you? Yes. uh, Uptown from 90, well, I guess I was at Uptown Business Association in 96, started the show in 97 to 2007, did the jury and left, then did Main Street during that same time from 2002 to 2005 or 4, and then started in St. Louis in 2009 in January. So just going on my seventh year here. All right, big, big, lots of time. We also have Christine Bertiome. I hope I said that right. Bear, my French, Bear Bautium. Yes, craft manager for the New Orleans Jazz Festival, a highly successful destination special event that produces a highly qualified audience for its marketplace. Christine, how long have you been involved with Jazz Fest? I've been here for 25 years now. Wow. Okay, that's a great experience. And you're staying, right? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay. An exciting event. It's a wonderful job. Some of us us get lucky. 
And our third guest is Marguerite Esrock, who's the executive director of the sprawling St. James Court Arts Show in Louisville, Kentucky. This is such a popular event in Louisville that they even closed the schools on Friday so people can attend. Hello, Margie. How are you? Hey, I'm fine, Connie. How are you doing? Okay, I'm fine. How long have you been involved in this business? I have been working for the art show here since 2003, and um, in 2005, I took over as the director. Okay, well, great. So I've been involved in the business for nearly 40 years. So altogether, you think we've got some experience and we can talk? Yes. This is truly insiders. Okay. Let's get started. The first thing I would want to talk about, and we'll go right down the list in the same order, I want to... um, no, each show has a different way of jurying their events, and I'd like to get a little background on that. All three of these events, the St. Louis Art Fair, the New Orleans Jazz Festival, and the St. James Court Show, use this application system. So we've got that initial thing the same, but every show takes that system and uses it in a different way. So let's start with you, Cindy. Um, let's see here. <clears throat> Who who are your jurors? Our jurors generally, um, generally we have uh, two artists in the art first circuit, at least two. We have a buyer. Um, that person is someone who we know who actually goes to art fairs and buys art. We have a, a gallery curator, and we try for an academic uh, person in a different in the arts field. So. Um, it may be the head of the art department at one of the colleges nationwide. We um, we will have some people from St. Louis, but uh, it's probably one out of three years, one out of five years, we'll have someone from St. Louis. We'll bring them from um, outside of the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And that's then we. Uh, okay. mm-hmm. That's yeah, and then they they are here. Uh, they do the actual image jury of the selection to get in the show, and they, the three of them, not the artisans that are in the show, but the other three then will choose the award winners at the show. Okay, so they come back. So what kind of instructions do you give the jury? What do you ask them to do when you start to show them the work? Well, I read, we we have a jury procedure book that we um, publish, and we send it to the jurors before. It's also we send it to anyone who's applied to our show. Um, I read a, a, the same letter every day of the jury, um, asking them what I want them to do. Um, and it's fairly, um, you know, I go through and I just tell them how we're going to proceed, um, that they're charged with selection to show that's balance. Your selection criteria should be based on artist excellence. There's no entitlement or quota for categories or ratios of applications received to the number of artists selected. We're looking for a show that is representative of diverse styles and techniques. Um, we're also looking for diversity within the medium category. And then we ask them to tap into their specific area of expertise. Uh, we ask them to look beyond their own personal taste. We um, ask them to look at the art. We know it's hard because we'll be eliminating over, well, for us, 1,100 applicants. Um, it's an emotional process, and we know people will be a highs and lows. And then I also ask if there's a conflict of interest, if they come in hand to talk to me privately, and we'll try to work through that. 
Okay. So we read this letter every day before we start, and we're a three-day jury process. So it refreshes everything each time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Each day I read it <clears throat> verbatim. Okay. Now, how do you show the images? Um, we project uh, four images in a booth slide, uh, left to right, just like you're reading. Image number one with the booth uh, in the looking to the left in front of you on screens, and a booth slide will be far to the right, far right. Mm-hmm. And and they are always in the room with you, aren't they? The jurors. You do all the jury yes. right in a jury room. Yes. Okay. Yes. And yes. how do you how do you, how are, do they score? Uh yes, no, maybe. And they have to have uh, five no's to be thrown out of the fir- out of each round. Five no's to be thrown out. Wow. Okay. So that your second round is going to be still pretty big, isn't it? Yeah. It's usually um, the first round goes between twenty five to. Thirty mm-hmm. percent get thrown out in that first round. Mm-hmm. Okay. And do you? Um, you kind of answered this, but do you limit how many are accepted in each category? No, we. You know, it's it's. Everyone always wants to know, so we have um, a chart of what we've done the last um, six years. And there's ranges, you know, like how many applied in 2008 to how many applied in, you know, in that category in 2015 and what was accepted and what, you know, which, you know, what we brought into the show. So they see a range, but we don't talk about that at all. Um, We'd rather have a strong category and not just have someone in a category because we have to have someone in a category. If it's not good, we don't really want it. Okay. Okay, so how do you decide when you've got um, 40, 50 photography applicants and 30 of them are good? Well, that's where their um, their application Great. really is, is you know, comes uh-huh. into play. Um, wow, then it goes beyond between, the images. Well, no, it really goes into the images if they're not professionally shot. I mean, it comes down to, and yeah. this is where pe- I think people get really upset about but it comes down to if your image is cropped funny, that might be something that a juror is going to go, I don't like that because it's not professional. It's almost like your resume and your cover letter. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, you know, it just gets down to it. So a booth, a booth shot that's sloppily done and you have professional images, but not none of the work looks the same and they might really like your images, well, your booth shot might be the one thing that they have to choose to make that decision from. Okay. All right. So um, we facilitate. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we're the facilitators. We're not um, per se. We don't lead the jurors. We're just facilitating the process. Right. Okay. All right. Got a good idea how it works in St. Louis. Um, how about you, Christine? How does how does the jury run in New Orleans? Who who are your jurors? Well, our our jurors. We first we have two days. Two days of jewelry for contemporary crafts. We have we have three different crafts here, here at the festival. But I'm just going to address contemporary crafts today. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So I can use that as a model. It doesn't get confusing. So in contemporary crafts, we have two days of jewelry, and um, so we have five jurors on each panel. So. Our two different panel panels, consists, two different days. Yes, and it's like uh-huh. media uh, uh-huh. specific. Like we okay. get those, 
those that panel to be specific to because we did divide up the categories on the mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. We can't do it all in one day. It's not possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's hard enough as it is, but at any rate, the um, jury panel for us consists of mainly peers. The major- mm-hmm. So the majority of each panel would be peers, and we'll have probably one or two art professionals. It could be... Um, gallery owners or academics, but we mainly um, have a peer juror, jury. And, and it, say, uh, say specifically what you mean by a peer juror. I mean fellow crafts peers, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. your fellow crafts people. People who have done that have the show, national perhaps? experience, yes, yes, mm-hmm. and that have mm-hmm. national experience. Mm-hmm. And we also okay. have... We jury here in New Orleans in one room, but we also, with the advent of ZAP, have the uh, option to have off-site jurors. So each year we may have one, maybe two off-site jurors. Some years, none. It just varies, you know, if they're not here in the city or able to come here. Mm -hmm. And there's somebody somebody you specifically would want for your... Jury. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, so what kind and of just I'd like to what? add that we go through the same charge with those offsite people that we do right. with the folks that are here. Right. You you spend time setting them up too. So what what kind of instruction? What do you tell your jurors before you start? Well, um, I have the, pretty much the same jury charge that I use each year. Um, uh, I tell them to choose the highest caliber of work presented before them. I tell them to pay particular attention to the technique and the workmanship. And um, they need to score both creativity and technical expertise. The overall score, if if the juror doesn't particularly care for the aesthetic, they still need to rate or score the technical expertise, give credit for that in their scoring. Because mm-hmm. I've found sometimes and you need to instruct the jurors that way because they might dismiss it, and you have to give credit for the amount of workmanship that's involved. And that's where the artist statement comes in, so that's extremely important because we read that to the jurors. And they okay. use I'm going to back up their, a second. Um, Cindy, do you, Cindy, Cindy, did you read the artist statements also? Yes. Okay. Okay, back to Christine. Okay. Yeah, and it's okay. there for them to focus on, and we tell them to focus, to really pay particular attention to the artist statement. So, and I, I would say from what Cindy um said about the way they do things, I would say we're similar, pretty similar, but different as well, if that sounds possible, but um, our jurors, they are just instructed to choose the best that's before them. They, If they look at the leather category and they love every person in there, they rate, they score individually how they feel about that. They would score a seven, which is our highest number, and that means that you want them in the show in the festival. So because I tell them 
I can assure you that the juror who's sitting next to you is going to have a different <laughs> score than you will. Yeah. So right. um, it's not up to jurors to determine how many are in a category. That's of no concern to them. Mm-hmm. So we figure um, all that out later. What it seems to me, at least the, the scuttlebutt around the the business, is that at the New Orleans Jazz Festival that there is a edginess, a funkiness that is seems to be preponderant in your work, and that helps the person to get into your show. What do you think about that idea? Um, it may. I mean, being from a juror standpoint, it's such mm-hmm. a personal. Even if you say not to, you know, have your individual feelings about things. It's such a personal thing, being a juror. So I would say, I mean, I tell them in my charge that that's not part of it, that they are choosing the best of what's before them, whether it's funky or fun or, you know, fine art, uh, museum quality. They just are choosing the best that's before them, presented before them. But maybe in the back of their mind, you know, you have this new or- thoughts of New Orleans, and that creeps in a little bit. But overall, I would say no, and they're instructed not to make that part of it. So generally, do you? Uh, how many rounds of um, scoring do you have? Well, what we do is, like, we have the two days, and we go by media category. We do the overview first of everything in a particular category, like it's leather. We show all the leather applications and we read each artist statement while they're just sitting there taking in each application and also the the every applicant in that category, leather. I'm using that as an example. So then we go back and they vote and they have scoring from one to seven. Seven being mm-hmm. su- superior. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we instruct them to try to use all the scores from one through seven. And uh, do you have a limit on how many are accepted in each category? No. What I have is uh, similar to what Cindy mentioned, I have, since I've been here so long, I have, you know, how it's, uh, how the show has been laid out and how many in each category every year, and, you know, it's been successful. And the thing with us is we're a two-week event, so I have to balance two completely different shows each weekend. But... um so I use that chart as my guide, and every single year, it kind of shakes out the same, but I do it anyway, is I do statistics on how many applied in each category and how many spots that would be, and I use it as a guide. So you're going to have more jewelers at a show, but you can't use the, the percentages, the statistics exactly, because you would have a majority of jewelers, you know, I mean, right. it would be right. more of a jewelry show. Right. Yeah, and that's not what we're out here to do. Okay, that's great. Okay, Marga, your turn. Love to hear more okay. about St. James. Yours is a, such a fun an event. You use application also, correct? Yes, we do. Okay. We do. Okay, and and who are your jurors? 
Well, we have five jurors, and they are all from Louisville, typically. Uh, They might be from, you know, uh, mid Kentucky, Central Kentucky, or or, but it doesn't typically go much farther than that. Um, we try to get a gallery owner, a professor, uh, professor of art, uh, or somebody from one of the colleges nearby. Um, artists also uh, that aren't going to be in the show. Um, and may have exhibited previously with us. Um, And then typically somebody from um, uh, an arts organization here in town and then a um, buyer person, just what I call man on the street. (laughs) So it's a person that that really um, loves art and understands what the art show is about. I know from doing, having done that show for so many years that there you have such loyal people who just come. This is like they wear buttons. I love St. James kind of a thing. Or your favorite slogan ever from that show, drink beer, buy art. I think it's a great slogan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we we are um, very lucky to have a, a loyal following, definitely. You, yeah, you definitely do. Okay, so I guess I need to back up on you a little. Now, your... The St. James Court Art Show is a consortium of a, a bunch of shows. And four or five? Four or five? How many? Uh, well, there's six sections altogether. Okay. So, um, okay. But today I would I would want to say that I am speaking for the St. James Court You're section talk- okay, as far as the jury okay. process goes. Yeah, I, wa- yeah. I wanted to yeah, make sure that that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the St. James Court section. Okay. Uh, okay, so then... Um, and what kind of instruction do you give the jury? Well, we uh, also send out a packet to the jurors ahead of time, and then once they arrive, uh, we go through kind of the process of what the day is going to be like, and we're just a one-day jury um, unless the applications um, – well, let me – let me say in the last couple of years it's just been a one-day jury in the past. Uh, if it gets over a certain amount of applications, I'll divide it into a two-day. But um, lately it's just been a one-day jury. So it's a long day, definitely. But um, I instruct the art uh, the jurors to look for um, artistic merit and design excellence, um, fresh ideas, originality, craftsmanship quality um and also marketability which um is maybe something the other two gals didn't touch on but i think that's important at least here in louisville that um we feel like we want to bring in things that are different and fresh but we also want to be realistic and um and that's for the artists as well as the patrons i think Okay, and do you um, who do you use? I know that. Well, you do you use peer jurors during the show to do a, uh, generate an invitational list? Yes, we do. We do. We have a two peer jurors from each category that jury, and then we also have a uh, what I call a street juror that also uh, juries during the show. So. Um, the street jurors are during 
um, multiple medium categories, and it's just like a group of about 50 artists. And then the peer jurors are also. So I take those three scores um, at the end of the show, and then that's how I get an invite list back. Okay. And how do you show your images? We do uh, three images, and we do um, on computer, uh, laptop, um, and it's um, the artist or the jurors will look at it from, um, I believe I had to look it up today, but it was a uh, by the ID number. They come in by the ID number that that oh, gives you back. as an artist, mm-hmm. and that's how we... We jury them. So, but it's individually by medium category. So, like all the um, leather folks are being juried together, and then it's on a scale of one to seven, with seven being the highest score. Okay. And do you do you have a limit on how many are accepted in each category? No, no, I don't. Uh, similar to Cindy and Christine, it. It just somehow all works out, <laughs> and I've you know it's um I mean, I do have um again like a chart that shows me what has been in the show for the last maybe five years, six years, and um I just kind of i gives me a guideline of of what to do, but you know it's I don't know, it's just kind of magical in some ways how it just all falls into place. Do you read the artist statements? We do not read the artist statements. Um, we let, but I, I instruct the jurors to read the artist statements. Okay. There was something you just mentioned that I wanted to make sure um, about how people. Oh, right. One of my questions was from um, from Carrie Jacobson, and Carrie wanted to know: Do each one of you, um, how do you choose the order in which the images are shown? Is it date of receipt, numerical order, alpha order? Cindy, how how do you choose which order they're shown in? We do it by the application ID, which is the number generated when the application is started by the artist, and then we do it. ID number. And that's one that's when it start when the app when the artist starts the application they get an ID number. And that's what we use. So um, so that's kind of a date of receipt, so to speak, right? Now application received nope. is the date the application was submitted. So uh-huh. you could start your application today but not submit it till our the last day and you're gonna oh. fall when the application was started by the artist. That sounds like a strategy move. Well, I don't know if it is or not. I mean, ideally, I wish there was a selection that was just random. Yes. And that's what I would do. I would, I ideally uh-huh. would okay. do randomly, you know, because um, so I, you know, it's just what we would do. And well, then we'll we go through by medium. Um, and we always start out with a smaller medium. Uh, that doesn't just because we want to get the jurors uh, working the system because for some reason it's still uh, the system tends to uh, have a little bit of um, it's like 
going to see you get your your zap legs once you get started the first category is always a little slow so we try to start out with a, a lower me a lower right. um number of applicants in that uh, media i would love to do uh the way Stephen king did it he just did them all together um and it was quite amazing all, to watch that process all, all of all of the categories yep mixed wow mixed no, just, okay that, that's at yeah. Des Moines. Okay, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. So, how, how about how about you, uh, Christine? Now, what order do you well, show them in? Well, we we're different on that score. Uh, we put them in me, by media category first, and then they're in the order of date of receipt. Uh-huh. Okay. So, um, and that that is beneficial. I mean. The ones that we receive, I mean, it it just seems that a lot of people apply close to the deadline date. But we are able to really help artists with their applications earlier on when we have more time than mm-hmm. at the very end. We just don't have the time to, um, I mean, we review each and every application to make sure it meets the criteria that it's placed in a proper media category but uh, well you've just, just proven like, I, I i talk about this all the time get those applications in early the artists want to mm-hmm. know what are the smallest tiniest things that you can do to make your application better and i always say get it in early and you just proved it mm-hmm. i know mm-hmm. i'm just always right that's how my life is you know but I okay think all three of our shows i think all <laughs> yeah. three of our shows you know, we we have tremendous amount of respect for the artists and want them to succeed, and so we're there to help, to assist. Okay. We don't okay. make the decisions. I can speak yep. for our event here. It's an outside, different panel of jurors every year, but we yep. will hold their hands and help them in every way yep. possible. Okay. So, how about you? How about you, Margie? How how do you? What order do you show your images in? Uh, we go by the ZAP ID as well. So similar to St. Louis, it would be, uh, you know, whatever date you're, you open that application, and then you get assigned that number. And it's so by what medium I'm category, kind, too. What I'm kind of hearing here, I'm dispelling a little miss. I mean, show directors do care about the artists, and if you get your application in early, er-ish, you will might you might have a better position in the lineup, and you might get some help and information from the show. Is this who's going to say no to that? Yeah, Not I me. think. Yeah, I think all of us would definitely okay. <laughs> definitely help yeah. any artist. It's frustrating okay. to get you know seven hundred applications in the last twenty four hours, exactly. and because we are. Pro- we're a projection jury. We have to turn that over to Zap within a couple of days. We can't, re- you know, it's it doesn't give us enough time to review all of them and say, hey, this doesn't make sense, or um, what do you mean by this statement? And and we just can't do it in the last two days. It just isn't. We don't have that much time. But when, especially when you have three months window for people or four month window for people to apply. Thank you, thank you. I'm good. That's, this is if we get nobody gets anything more out of this whole podcast. That is really important. It is mm-hmm. tough to get into the shows. You may have amazing work, but there you've got a lot of 
really good competition out there. You want to get in the top show or any show. Why not use all the tools, right? What are those tools? Pristine slides, great booth slide, good artist statement, and get your application in early. I don't know, right? Seems easy to me. How about you guys? What do you think, Margie? Is that good? <laughs> oh, I love that idea. And we yeah. we actually send a note back to every artist that applies to us saying that we actually got your application and thank you for applying. And if there is a problem, that is the time that we address it right then and there. And um, and it is very difficult, um, you know, whether you have a projection jury or not, at the end when you get just the onslaught of applications to really uh, give that personal attention. Okay, that's that's really great. Okay, in case anybody doesn't know, this is Connie Mettler from com. We're doing a podcast with sh- three show directors with wonderful tips on how to get into the art fairs. Um, my guests are Cindy Larrick from the St. Louis Art Fair, Christine Bertiome from New Orleans Jazz Fest, and Marguerite Ezrock from the St. James Court Art Show. And that's my whole commercial. Now... We're going to get to the nitty-gritty of this program. We're going to talk to each of them, and we're going to have a roundtable conversation, and they're going to tell us why artists who might have really good work don't get in the art fair. Let's see. Let's do this in alphabetical order. If we do this, oh, two people start with a C. I guess I... H-I. Christine, you get to go first. What's your top reason why an artist wouldn't get into an art fair? Well, I guess we're gonna. It would be the application, and um, I think it's very important to read the application, particularly the show criteria. Um, you know, each show has their specific criteria, and I know it's a lot to take in for artists who do this. Na- you know, national art shows, but I think it's very important to read the show criteria to make sure that your work does fit this show, fit the criteria that the show is requiring. So and if, sometimes if it you just, have any questions, call. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that's one aspect. Okay, and, that's um, number one. How about Cindy? What What would be one of your reasons why someone wouldn't get into an art fair? Um, it's coming down to um, just really poorly photographed work and boo shot um, that doesn't look like it's that's like usually thrown out right away I mean through the, they, they're going to have to we get a lot of applications and as the jurors are going through if it's not photographed or doesn't connect with them so their images are just not cohesive not connecting they seem to be thrown out. Um, and a lot of them don't know what their artist artist statements, they wrote their artist statements maybe when Zap opened, and how long has Zap been around, Margie? 2004 or uh, Well, I think we're getting into like 10 or 11 years, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, everyone did their artist statement, and they forgot to change them. They haven't done anything with oh. them. And so those are the things that are, cha- you know, to keep it current, again, what Christine said, read your application, you know. If it, you know, for our show, we don't, take in a lot of um, where some other craft shows may um, some homemade um, oil kind of um, and if that's 
read what we actually do, look at, and if it doesn't fit, I mean, I don't want to say to someone, you know, it's not going to fit, and then they get angry with you when you do that. Oh, are you? you know, so you're back to what Christine said. You're saying that people apply to this, your show in a category that isn't really something that is even going to be considered. So we say, I'll just use, we don't use, you know, you cannot have note cards at ours. And then we'll see in all their booths all these note cards. And then their price points will say $5 to blah, 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 note cards. There just kind of is a sense and we'll call them and like, well, do you know we, you won't be able to bring note cards? And they always say yes, but then when they get in, if they get in, I mean, there's just some disconnect of not knowing what show you're actually really applying to. It's just not a blanket. I think there's this perception out there that it's a zap show and we all do the same thing and we all use the same questions and we all have the same shows and it's this generic application which it's not it's got little idiosyncrasies for each show and you want to know what those are that's going to give you your best foot forward to know that yeah with my website over to artfaircalendar.com i regularly get inquiries from people how do i get into your art fair I'm like, my art fair? Are you kidding me? <laughs> this is thousands of them on this site. Which one is it that you wanted to get into? People not paying attention. Right, good point. How about, Margie, what's one of your things? It's not, not that they would um, get them out of your show. Well, I I think certainly poor quality photos is probably my number one thing as well. Um, I think it's it, – harkens back to that um it, this is your resume and your cover letter in a sense and you know you've got to put your best foot forward and if it means you know trying to get uh save up and get professional photos done i think it's well worth it well worth it um so that would be my number one thing the other thing probably which i don't know if it necessarily would not have an artist get in the show, but I also think just as far as photos go, um, I like to tell artists that the photos of your work need to look like it comes from the same family so that it doesn't, you know, sometimes we'll get three images that look like it could have been created by three different artists and there's no coherent um, theme in them or anything. So just as a family, you know, you might have brothers and sisters that look different, but yet when they're all together, you know they come from the same family. So that's just kind of one thing that I like to tell artists when they call and talk to me about it. Okay, that, that's really good. Okay, Christine, sounded like you had some more ideas. Well, one thing that I would add, and I did mention this, tap on this before, but the artist statement is extremely important. And you really want to, the artist statement is for you to get across to the jurors the incredible amount of workmanship and technique that is in your individual work. I'll give an example of an experience that I had in the past. I had a jeweler who did brooches. And they had these scenes, like these landscape scenes. They were beautiful in the in in the brooch. I called her because she did elaborate about her metalsmithing, but I called to ask her about the image 
And she shared with me on the phone that she hand paints each and every image. I mean, they were one of a kind. Paint. They were actual paintings, but she didn't even mention that in her artist statement. So those kinds of things are really important. And some artists use the artist statement and they'll express like the more of an ethereal feeling that they have about their art. But that's not what the artist statement is for. You really need to get across the amount of work that workmanship that is in your particular work. Okay, that's a very good one. It's another way to sell to the jurors if you're Im- Exactly. They, we talk about I mean, you have to have wonderful images, but maybe your images are wonderful. You there are this uh, the rest of the the whole package is the resume that Margie Margie's talking about, right? Each piece counts and these little pieces mm-hmm. all add up to making the cutting edge. If you're applying to a very competitive show, you might still not get in. Let's face it, but <laughs> can't can't forget any of those things. Okay, Mark, you got some more ideas, uh, Cindy? Well, and I think too, um, I think it's really helpful for the artist to have someone else look at the artist statement, um, and also to read it out loud as they're writing it. Read it out loud to see if it makes sense. Um, there's this uh, again idea out there that you can only have a hundred characters. Shows have changed that, you know. That that's the minimum, I think. But you can other shows, you know, like ours is 300. I know someone else's is 200. Um, look at that, what it is, and you may be able to um, add a little bit more to those uh, applications that have 300 characters and expand. But read it out loud. Um, it's hard to read a statement to the jurors that's abbreviated, um, doesn't have periods, it's all spelled wrong. Um, That's really something that you want to have someone else look at and read out loud. And then also have someone else look at your images. It's like when I go to talk about the St. Louis Art Church, in my head, because I live and breathe it every day, I assume everyone knows about the St. Louis Art Church because I know so much about it. And I think that's that's my work. I think when artists are looking at their images and writing their artist statements, they're so close to it that they can't separate, and it, it, sometimes it doesn't get across the message of what they're trying to communicate. But if they have someone else look at it and go, well, what do you mean by that? Or well, why did you pick those images? You know, they're just not, um, they're, they need to step away and have someone else give them a, you know, kind of a, look at and say, oh, yeah, kind of like when you have someone proof your resume, proof your cover letter. Mm-hmm. An editor. Okay, I, I want to give each of you a chance to tell me about the worst booth shot you've ever seen. I think, Christine, what have you seen that looks bad? Well, I've seen some booth shots that, well, I have to back up just a little. For us, I don't know, it might be different from the others, but the four Im- we have five in- images, four of the work, one of the booth. For us, the four images tell the jurors what you plan to sell. The booth image is very important, but in the overall application, the booth image is ancillary. It plays a subordinate role in the application, but you still want your ap- your total application to be very strong and be the family you know, that was mentioned before, be relatable 
related. But um, so as far as the worst booth image, it might be somebody who's making two applications, two separate applications in two different media categories. And um, they're using the same booth shot. You would want the um, the booth shot to reflect, you know, be related to the four images in that particular category and the same with the other category. You don't want to put, like, both your bodies of work, both your different media category in one booth shot and use that because you never, you don't have that much time with the jurors and you really don't want them spending any time trying to figure out what's going on. You want it to be as clean and sharp as possible. Okay, that's a really good one. What about you, Margie? What have you seen that looks, that kept somebody out of a show? Well, St. James Court, um, the court section actually doesn't require a booth shot for, um, so we're just requiring our three images. Um, And one reason, you know, for that, I think, is um, that we feel like the the artists that are coming should be um, able to know how to professionally do their booth. Um, Now, whether we have that or not is sometimes a different story, and that that could be argued uh, both ways, I think. But, um, yeah, so we don't have a booth shot. Okay. All right. What about you, Cindy? What have you seen as bad? Um, I think it's funny we've seen the actual booth, just with nothing in it, just the actual tent. Shot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh no! Usually it's in the snow, and I'm like, okay, we know you got a tent. Um, that's great. We um, the boo shot is 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 you know the work is first. The boo shot kind of when you have 30 people that really are good, that's uh, a big part where I think the jurors go to for presentation, um, and um, just looking at size and scale. Um, but presentation is a big part. Um, if you um, the St. Louis show is a little bit different and um, having been at Uptown to Main Street and here I feel I can compare quite (laughs) that it's a very different show. Our clientele Mm -hmm. expects a very different um, look in in a booth so we are a little bit on scale and presentation. Um, One of the booth shots I think are um, which I get really frustrated with is uh, the Photoshop dropped in there's the four images, and those are the only four images you see in the booth. Um, oh. Those are frustrating because I know that's not reality. Um, and you think the, like the booth shot? The booth shot just has like four pieces in it. Is that what you're saying? Oh yeah, the four pieces uh, is, and then the four four images that they jurying with. Well, oh, so when because I you know I don't understand this. I've I've been reading that about. Um, jurors don't like it when there's a photoshopped booth shot, and frankly, I don't even know what that means. Is, um, is you that what's really flat? And well, and for us, you you know, you have four images. Um, yes, right. Say you're a photographer, or you're a painter, or uh, even, and then those four images are the only things that are appearing in your booth. Oh. And you know, on the prospectus, our booth says a booth that looks like what you're going to be setting up. Mm-hmm. And and okay. I, it's it's um, it's you know the jurors realize that I realize that that, um, that they're not coming with four pieces right or even well, five. Well, they are. 
you know, and then they'll say, because I'll make phone calls, and they'll say, well, yeah, that's what I'm going to come with. And I'm like, no, seriously. I just saw you X, Y, Z. I have a picture of your booth. Should I send it to you? Because it's not what it looks like. And I think that's frustrating for um, for just be real. Be honest on how you're going. You know, you know, if you look and you go through and you look at the gallery of most of the shows nowadays have a website where they have galleries of the work that's been in the show previously, you can kind of get a scope of what people are looking for. If you're at the show looking at the booths, what are necessary. I mean, we've had our um, jurors say to us, we love their work, you have to work with them on the booth shot. And I'll call and say, you know, hey, they want you to come, but we got to clean up your booth shot. That's part of your uh, stipulations of coming in. You know, so oh, you're saying they they were accepted, but they when they but they might be accepted, but they need some help when they get there, right? Uh, before they get there, they have to before work with they us. get there, right? Right. I have. Yeah, I, I, I can think of people when I ran a show. I had someone whose work we really liked, but I know I'd seen him at shows, and his booth was always dirty. And I would say, yep. you're in the show, but you better paint that booth before you show up. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and that's yeah. only successful for like Clayton is a little right. different. Clayton is a little different beast. I mean, I hate to say it, their clientele expects, you know, they want to, they have a certain expectation, and we want them to be successful. I don't want to have a show that nobody sells at. That's yeah. not what you're doing. That's not what you're in the business for. You want them to be successful. You want your, I want my attendees, which are the other stakeholders to be thrilled and, you know, I want them calling me the next week telling me who they bought from and what they bought and why ah, they bought it. I mean, and showing you each know, other, and, right. I love it. Yeah. I love it when I walk through a show and you see people showing each other what they've bought. That yeah, is that's just, perfect. That is perfect. That's, well, that's, what's interesting about these, the three of you, your shows are all so different. Cindy's is kind of little, I'm going to say this, a little hoity-toity, yes, definitely. Yes. <laughs> then the test is people having a great party and falling on this amazing contemporary crafts. And then there's Margie's show, which is, you know, Midwest, Everybody's having a great time. We don't. If I can buy something for ten bucks, that's great. But if I can buy something amazing for a thousand, that's great too. And it's like uh, y'all come. So this is a this is a nice combination of shows with different kinds of audiences and different kinds of expectations. Because frankly, I go to art fairs and I like to go to all different kinds. So that's the great another great thing about the business, right? And I think I've bought something at every one of your shows. Of course, of course, that's how it works. Okay. Let's see now. What else? What? Um, let's just talk, take a couple minutes. Artist statement. Okay, so we got application. Read the application, which is what Christine said, and make sure what you're bringing fits what that show wants, or you're not going to get in the show, right? Mm-hmm. If you show up with something that is not even, or you try to get in, it's not even what that show wants. So. How about reading the application? One of my pet peeves is when I was running shows, so you have an application, and people don't fill in all the blanks. <laughs> right? <laughs> this is your chance to sell yourself. Fill in all of the blanks. How about, here's another one of my pet peeves. Oh, I wasn't even supposed to, but I have to. Um, how about... When they ask for artist statement, they write in there, see attached, or visit my website. 
That's the artist statement? Who's going to do yeah. that? It's not going to happen. Be Right. Be, right? I mean, you see those things, right? Or how about mm-hmm. an artist statement um, such as, my work is inspired by nature, period. Is that going to get you into the show? Is that going to get you in the Norse Jazz Fest, Christine? No, I think you need to sell the jurors. It's a sell, you a, isn't you it? Have a, you have a few minutes. Like I say, it's kind of a slang, but you have a few seconds to knock their socks off. Yep. Take advantage of it on all levels. Knock their socks off. Okay. You know, I got a few callers here. I think I'm going to, I've got some more questions too. Let's let's see if somebody who these people are. I'm going to turn on this one right here. Someone's holding at at the 224 area code. Who is this, please? And you're on Art Fair Radio. Hello. You didn't want to be on Art Fair Radio. You there? 224 321 you didn't want to oh, be yes, in. Oh yes, yes, that's me. That's oh. me. Okay. <laughs> Did you have so a I just joined. You know, I just joined, so I, I mean, I just heard the part about um, the statement. So um, I think I missed all the other part of it. But yes, I mean, totally right. Uh, we need to just sell with that, you know, our art. That's right. It's your chance to sell. Good point. Thank you very much. I've got somebody yeah, else here waiting uh, at. 316 area code of 264-1400. Oh, that looks like a business number. Who is this at 316? Do you have a question or a statement? Yes, yes, I do have a question. Uh, How important is it in choosing your category? Uh, For instance, I've been asked to change categories for my work several different times, and I do photography with a lot of digital work on it, which is even more than the photography, but I always seem to be pushed into the photography category. So I, I didn't well, what know do you usually uh, enter in? Well, sometimes I try to enter in mixed media or in digital, and I never know which one to, to enter. <laughs> a lot of people think my work is paintings, but the, you know it starts as a photograph, but it goes beyond that. So well, I don't know. Is well, it important the category you choose, or? <laughs> well, what do you say, Marty? <clears throat> Well, I would say um, this is a type of situation where if you can take the time to call the director and talk to them and even and see if they will take a look at it ahead of time because getting in the right category I think is very important. Um, so it's worth it to, for an artist to take the time to try to figure out. And it's it's different because it might be um, like we don't have a digital media uh, medium category. Uh, it's just straight photography. So I would love to see, you know, what you're talking about and then be able to help you decide what's the appropriate medium category. But it's going to probably be different for different shows. Okay, great. That's a great answer. Does that help? Yes, it does. Thank you. Yes. Margie, do you take phone calls? Oh, yeah, all the time. All the time. Yeah, absolutely. Cindy, Cindy, would you be happy to take a phone call like that? Oh, yeah, all the time. Otherwise, I probably would be calling. And If I thought you were in the not the category that I thought you would go, I'd call and most likely have a discussion with you if I've gotten it early enough. If it's in that last, you know, 
24 hours. I don't, and usually <laughs> yeah, then you might be in trouble. And everybody's right. at a show, and they don't, you know, I can't get to them. But, yeah, we love taking calls. We, uh, that's, that's part of, for us, I mean, I, I, we see that, Laura and I, that that's part of our jobs. We enjoy that part. Um, uh, the artists are our clients, um, and, you know, our goal is to help them okay. have the best that's, shot they can. That's a great point. Don't be shy, folks. These You guys, you're their customers. They don't have any show without you. Okay, here's another caller from 224-321. Are you there? Hello? 224-321-3309? Yes, no it's me. It's, um, no, it's it's me again, the one that, that you just asked. Oh, that oh I just already. Told. Okay, okay, thank <laughs> you. No, but it's okay. Oh. You know, I just have a question. I don't know if you went uh, through that already because I joined late, but it's about uh, the... Um, the booth picture. So um, I I started like um, just up, uh, uploading the picture the way it looked in the arch uh, in in, the, in a real art fair, but of course without the clutter, taking away all the um, little things and setting it up really nice. But then I was reading that some of the shows they prefer to have like a stage booth, which I already took outside my backyard and staged it a way that it looks really, really nice, but that's not the reality how it will look in an art. So uh, let's talk about you. that. Yeah, do we mm-hmm. want, do we, what kind of, what, that, that's like, we could do a, you know, we could do a whole show on booth shots, right. So <laughs> staged or we don't, okay, I get the Photoshop thing or at a show. I want to tell you, I'm going to give you my answer because yes. this is an eye-opener to me. I've been in this business a long time, and about 15 or so years ago, I was at a, a conference sponsored by the NAIA, and it was a top-show artist in the business, and we all got together and showed each other our booth shots. That mm-hmm. was Somebody earlier talked about showing each other their stuff. It was mm-hmm. an amazing thing to see. Most, most, a lot of them were taken at shows, with light carefully controlled, and some of them mm-hmm. were staged. You just want it as beautiful as possible. And I learned a lot that day. And we re- went. I went home and we redid our whole booth shot because we were looking at what everybody else did. And this is why people need to attend juries and watch and see what everybody else is doing. I hope that's helpful to you. You know, guys, we are like really out of time, and I have so many more questions. Um, Cindy, is there anything else you'd like to say to us today about why people can't get into the St. Louis Art Fair? What they did wrong? What they did wrong? Um, Just, you know, again, put your best foot forward. Don't have that thing that might, you know, your picture's cropped off. Um, That seems to be the images, the cropping is off. Um, The boo shot is messy. there's too many shadows. I mean, really look at it. Don't you look at it. Have someone else look at it and be able to take okay. criticism. But I think the huge right. piece is presentation. Okay. Of body All right. Work. How about you, Christine? We've got about 30 seconds here. What do you have to say? I would say, I would say all the help is available to the artists. You could go to NAIA website. You could check your local arts council. You could give phone calls to the show directors. Okay. Um, but, How about you, Margie? What about you? You got something, Margie? Um, 
I would say uh, my biggest thing now is to update your application profile, which is going to have your address and your phone number and your website. If any of that has changed within the last few months, definitely update your profile. Because it's hard to say you're invited to a show when when a letter gets bounced back to you. Okay, that's perfect. Thank you, everybody. This is great information. I hope everybody enjoyed it. I know we had record number of listenings. Today we'll be posting info from this broadcast on com, and we welcome your comments there. You can download this free, free podcast at the iTunes store in the podcast section and subscribe to it there also. It's always alive on ArtFairInsiders.com at the radio tab. Till the next time, visit ArtFairInsiders.com. Tell your friends about us. Like us on Facebook and go out, create, and make money. Thank you to all my guests. We just ran out of time. I appreciate your all everybody's time. It was great. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you, Christine. And thank you, Margie. Have a great show. Everybody go out and apply to those wonderful shows. Bye-bye now. Thank you. Well, my my theme song isn't playing. You know, you'd think I'd know how to do this after all this time. <laughs> this is a way. It's just like putting on an art fair, right? Some things work and sometimes they don't. And what if the operations manager didn't put the speakers on the phone? It's not working. So, so much for that. Thank you, guys. All right. <laughs> thank you, Thank you, Bonnie. Bye bye. Bye. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.